have um, various thoughts about this. And the first thing I really want to make clear is, is that there is no such thing as a hard or a soft Brexit, okay? You're either in the EU or you're out of it. Now, you might be able to be half in the room, as I see over there, and half out of it. Some of you are. But most of you are either in the room or out of it. And you're either in the EU and you've got the four freedoms um, of people, of uh, capital, of goods and of services, or you're not. And so we do have to be very clear about that. I really do wish we could get away from this conversation about hard and soft Brexit. Are we going softer? There's no such thing, okay? You're either in it or you're out of it. And what we are very clear about as the government is we are leaving the European Union in March 2019, and we will be leaving those four freedoms. We'll be taking back control of our money, our borders, and our laws. And that's absolutely fundamental to all of this. So there isn't going to be any staying in or extending or messing about. And implementation doesn't mean being straight-jacketed into kicking the can down the road and not leaving. We will be leaving. And the reason why it's called implementation is because there will be systems and arrangements that aren't quite ready in March 2019. But that does not mean that we're kicking the can down the road. So we are definitely leaving the EU, and it is definitely in March 2019. So now we've got that straight. Okay, all clear? Excellent. Um, <laughs> Charles, Charles and I go back a long way and we don't agree on that, so I just feel I need to sort of clarify. And the second thing to say is that, um, you know, far from, and I do completely understand that, you know, the country was not all in favour of leaving, but I would just like to point out a few little things, which is that just in recent months, the UK leapfrogged France to become the eighth largest manufacturer in the world, that British food and drink, seven out of ten food and drink manufacturers are targeting new export markets, that's up 55% on last year. The IHS Market UK survey says that foreign demand for British goods is at its strongest level since data began in 1996. In financial services, total UK asset management is up 20% last, on, from last year to 6.9 trillion. That's the biggest jump ever since they started recording. London has just been declared to retain the world's top financial centre badge. It's uh, the world's biggest sovereign wealth fund has raised their target for owning sterling bonds. That's the Norwegian sovereign wealth fund to 8% of their global benchmark fund. Wages and jobs. We have the highest employment rate in the Western world now in the UK. Seven, 379,000 jobs in the year to July were created in this economy in the year to July. Muller who make yogurts, Dulux, who make paint. We are succeeding, and I'm not going to say in spite of Brexit. We are succeeding, and we will succeed as a country. This is a superb country. It's the fifth biggest economy in the world. We have two of the world's top ten universities, Oxford and Cambridge, and we have several of the world's top ten, but we have the world's two best universities. English contract law is the best contract law in the world. We speak the world's international business language. We have contacts that go back centuries with the Commonwealth. We have enormous opportunities. Let's believe in ourselves. <laughs> okay. And, and I'd like to say Conrad is absolutely right. We are not leaving Europe. 
European Union members, those other 27 countries, they are our great friends. They are our neighbours. We've been through thick and thin together over many, many years. I was, I was hearing a, a fabulous um, Radio 4 programme about Poland when they went through their liberation and some of the stories from there and how the UK and Poland work closely together. These are our allies and our friends. We're not going anywhere. This is about taking back control of our sovereignty, our parliament, our laws, our money, our future path. It's not about leaving Europe. And these are our friends and neighbours and they will always be that. So we are not leaving Europe. So what we do need to do is all to recognise that we must negotiate in good faith. We must do that. And I hear all this talk about, you know, well, it'll take eight to ten years to negotiate a free trade agreement. Nonsense. We've been doing things the same way as the EU for 43 years. Our rules and regulations are exactly the same. The reason why the Prime Minister talks about we don't just want a Canadian free trade deal is because, in case no one's noticed, Canada is a long way away and we haven't had the same rules and regulations for the last 43 years. It's a lot more difficult to do a free trade deal with a country called Canada or indeed a country called China than it will be for the UK and the European Union to seek a free trade agreement and it will be in all of our interests to do so it really will be so I understand there is a political issue here, lots of people on all sides are still determined to carry on with the politics but in the end businesses do business with other businesses and politicians need to get re-elected and there is no democratically elected politician in the entire European Union who is willing to cut off their nose to spite their face. So I'm absolutely confident that the Prime Minister is exactly right to say we will be able to negotiate a good free trade deal with zero tariffs and zero non-tariff barriers. That will be in all of our interests and I'm confident so what are we doing in Parliament? Well, again, you hear a lot that there's no preparations for this and that and the other, but let's be honest, this is, we're talking the UK civil service. We're very good at this stuff. The UK civil service has been working on this since the day after the referendum. We have done all manner of scenarios. We are incredibly far advanced in negotiations, looking at different types of scenarios, including no-deal scenarios, all sorts of day-one readiness. We are in a very strong place as the UK. We've done a lot of work on this. For me, as the DEFRA Secretary of State until the summer, we were doing an enormous amount of work looking at what are we going to do for the future, for agriculture, for fisheries. The opportunities that lie out there are absolutely vast, and we shouldn't understand undermine that and we shouldn't talk it down. We should be confident that we can do a deal and that that deal will work in the interests of the United Kingdom and in the interests of the European Union. In Parliament, in my role, it's absolutely right, Charles points out, that there's a big job to be done in getting the legislation through. So as you all know, we at the moment have the EU withdrawal bill going through its early stages in the House of Commons, and then it'll go on to the Lords. And during the passage of the EU withdrawal bill, there will be a huge amount of discussions to have. And in particular, my right honourable and learned friend here has, a, has lots to say. I'm sure he will be saying it now. But, you know, we absolutely, as a government, want to improve on the legislation, improve on the means by which we leave the EU to make sure that that withdrawal bill meets the test of proper parliamentary scrutiny 
and democracy. And so, you know, I say this all the time, but it doesn't get repeated in the press. We are a listening government. We will be working closely together, not just with our own colleagues in the Conservative Party, but right across the House, because we will need support from other backbenchers and frontbenchers. And where we can, we want to make sure that we leave the EU in a positive way that gets cross-party agreements. Now, obviously, I'm not naive. Opposition is there to oppose, and you will hear lots of fury and light and sound coming from the opposition. Some of it will be real, and some of it will be for the sake of opposition. But the reality is, we're leaving the EU. We must all work together to make a success of it. And that means for me, as leader of the Commons, to be listening right across the House to other good views, taking them into account, where we can, accommodating them, and where we can't, explaining why with courtesy. So you might not always see that in the press, but I can tell you that's what I shall be doing. That is going to be my job. And I think the Prime Minister's Florence speech was a really big olive branch. It was a really big and generous offer to the EU to try and break the deadlock on, on talks, to try and make sure that it's very clear to everybody. Juliet raised the fact that there's been some unfortunate language in the past. I don't think there has been recently, and certainly not from the Prime Minister. She's been very clear that EU are our friends and neighbours. We want to make this a success for everybody. I just want to finish up by saying that um, I'm not always keen on American presidents, okay, and in particular, I wasn't keen on the one that said you should get to the back of the queue line. What was it? American? I think he said queue, didn't he? Yes. Um, he said we would get to the back of the queue. I'm not always keen on what American presidents have to say to us, but there is one who took over as American president in the year that I was born, which was 1963. And he said, yesterday is not ours to recover, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. And I think we will make a huge success of Brexit and speaking as someone in the government totally embroiled in it, I'm determined that that will be the case and I genuinely believe that we can do it. Thank you.